Welcome to the Lake Mac Way, where we spend some time with our people who make Lake Macquarie a great place to live and work. Melissa Rowe, welcome to the Lake Mac Way. All right, Mel, we might start with how long you've been at the Lake Mac Council. I've been with Council about 16 months now. Started in about August last year, right in the middle of COVID. And um, yeah, so I've been there about 16 months. What were you doing before that? I was on the executive team at Newcastle Airport. I mainly looked after um, the operations there, so all of the airline contracts and the contracts with the RAF and those sorts of things. And what about that period? How long were you working at the airport? I was at the airport for about five years. I started there um, as a HR manager, actually, and then sort of grew quite quickly into an executive position and just slowly um, took on extra responsibility, and before I knew it, I was uh, looking after the airport operations. So how far back here do we need to go with work? It seems you get a job yeah, and then you get promoted and you move on. So let's, is there a job before that? Yeah, before that I did a lot of consulting. I was a um, general manager of a consulting firm called Skilled Air. Quite a small consulting firm when I started and it was um, slowly growing and then they needed a general manager to um, look after you know, it was a HR firm, so looking after um, the higher level, higher end or more problematic HR issues, but then also managing the staff and um, the consulting work that was coming through the door. So, yeah, I guess through my career, I've, I've had about 20 years experience in HR um, in a number of different roles, including um, including council back at Maitland in the day. But, yeah, I just, I guess, have slowly put myself through lots of (laughs) turmoil and hard work and education whilst trying to raise my family and yeah ended up where I am now. The common denominator here with your career seems to be HR, human resources. Why that? Are you good at it or because you've got an interest in that or a passion for that? I think I've it all started when I fell into it so when I say I fell into it I um, came back to Newcastle um, after my first business degree and I was working I thought I didn't really know what I wanted to do business is a bit broad thought I'd try out marketing and I absolutely um sucked at it to be honest I was spent six months in a um in a marketing role where I was meant to go out and sell um, strata to new buildings and I absolutely hated it so I didn't last very long and then I sort of finished up there and was out of work and fell into recruitment and I absolutely loved working with people engaging with people people issues and then yeah so went on to go into more generalist HR roles and sort of just all went from there. Would that be the case through your life that you've always liked people and that sort of outgoing gregarious nature? Definitely I think I'm a I'm a bit of an extrovert so I do enjoy working with people but also building relationships I love I'm a pretty social person so you know going out and having fun and and hanging around you know meeting new people is something that I've always probably enjoyed and I think as well I'm a um, bit of a a helper you know well that's what I am apparently into my Enneagram so um, yeah just that whole um, wanting to help people wanting to solve problems um, I think that that has helped definitely is that taxing sometimes to be that person? Yes. I think it has issue it has caused me issues I guess in both my personal and career life. From a work perspective, I can sometimes be trying to 
solve all the problems of the world too quickly rather than taking my time to slow down and, and think about the bigger picture and I think that's something I have to consciously do like actually tell myself that you know I've got a great team and and then I've got people there to help me from a personal perspective I think that you know I'm the person in particularly in my family that always goes about trying to help everyone organize everyone's birthdays organize everyone's weddings engagements funerals you name it I'm I'm the one who normally does that so yeah it can it can cause quite a bit of it can be quite taxing yeah grief for Mel yeah grief absolutely so you're Newcastle girl I am. I'm born and bred here, although Maitland. I'm more from Maitland. I grew up in Thornton, one of three, um, and then I went to school in Beresfield and then moved away to Coffs Harbour to do uni and then Sydney to finish uni and then my husband um, and I actually went to school together so I came back here to start a family. So that's the, the family life. Let's go back to the growing up, the Maitland, Beresfield bit. What was that? Do you have uh, clear memories of your days at school and those times oh god I think I try and block them out Craig I I had a pretty okay upbringing I would say um although tough my mum was um a single mum and yeah so I guess in my family um, I was always the glue that held us all together if mum had to go off and work I was the one that always you know was doing the housework got the nickname Sadie the cleaning lady I was the one who always did the housework at home and yeah really I think just growing up I was yeah it was fun growing up in Thornton and Beresfield and you know met a lot of great people but also I think tough living around that area I wasn't none of my family wanted to study or ever ever went on to university I was actually the first one in my family so it was um I think I've led a bit of a different lifestyle to to those that I grew up with. A single parent family, your mum brought you up. Is it a split family, like a divorce situation? Yeah, yeah. so mum and dad divorced when I was about four. And to be honest, since that time, I've never really had much to do with my dad. Yeah, he's around. He, he moved on and had his own sort of family, but I've never really had much to do with him. So mum, mum did it tough growing up, but... Yeah, I, you know, I had a really, you know, good good family and friend network, so that was always really, really good. And then, yeah. So when you're four, I suppose, and I could be wrong here, when you're four, you sort of don't know any different. It's it's your life, whereas you might be more aware if you were 12 or 13 yeah. when your parents split. Yeah, that's true. I, I guess I never really... Yeah, you're right. I, what happens is you never really miss having... Well, as a kid, I think, you never really miss having... You know, for me, I never really missed having Dad around. I guess it wasn't until I was a little bit older and, you know, became a parent, got you know married to Mitchell and had the kids that you start to realise how important it is or it was for me. I guess the the father figure or the, the um, not the father figure, but the, the male, the strong male figure in my life then became my husband. And yeah, I've, I really enjoy the fact that I've got that now in my family unit for my children. Friends in those days, did you have a, a close knit group that, you know, maybe some you're still in touch with or was it a case of that was then, they were school days and now is now 
it's probably a case of that was then and this is now. The, the people that I mainly keep in contact with now are a couple of really close friends, but my husband, like I, went to school with him. I mean, actually, my one of my close friends from school married Mitchell's brother, so now we're sister-in-laws. So that's probably the, the main people that I keep in contact with mm-hmm. back from those days and a couple of really close friends, but not, not much more. All my friend network has been friends that I've built up over the years um, through, you know, different jobs and different friend relationships and, yeah. In every one of these podcasts that I do for the Lake Mac Way, we always go down the path of struggles, hurdles, challenges in life. If I ask you that question, what's the first thing that comes to mind? The first thing that comes to mind was probably the loss of my sister, in 2014 she passed away from lymphoma quite an aggressive cancer that's the probably strongest memory that I have of struggling we both have have children at the same age so she had three children and she had has three children and I have three children myself so um, that was a really tough period for me not only because she was my best friend and I was so close to her but just that I guess, um, helplessness in, you know, that feeling of helplessness in not being able to to help her enough that she was able to still be with us today, I guess. Did it take a while to get through that or, you, or do you still feel that? You still feel that now. Like, I think that anyone who loses someone that close, you do get over it to a degree in the sense that you accept it, but, you know... I think that always feels for me like there's something missing. Yeah, would I would I would say yeah. You you just always feel like there's there's a piece missing or there's something missing. And and even now, like when something happens in my life that you want to be able to pick up the phone and and call someone, you know. And I'm a talker. Um, that can be be hard because you know she was the sort of one person that would always answer my phone call. It didn't matter what time of the day or night it was she'd be she'd be on the other end and yeah she's not anymore so it can be it can be hard did you go through the the stages that many talk about which is you know grief anger helplessness before you get to acceptance did did that does that make sense yeah absolutely I think for me the first part and this goes back to something we discussed before about me helping people and always being the person there from the minute she was sick and then all the way through to you know her funeral and all of that and even after that I was the person that needed to keep it together for the family so I was the one that had to liaise with the doctors about the treatment and I was the one that had to you know break it to people in relation to you know the fact she wasn't going to make it I was the one who had to organize the funeral and then you know following that you know we had her my husband and I committed to having her kids, um, you know, fortnightly so her husband could go back to work. So there was, you know, six kids in our household, you know, for, you know, every second weekend for nearly 12 months. Um, so it was sort of for me, I didn't, I felt like I didn't get to grieve for a long time because I was just so busy trying to keep everyone else together. And I think that that has impacted how long it's taken me to deal with the situation because. I just buried it. I feel like I buried it. But, yeah, after that, I think, yeah, definitely you then, you know, you have periods where you, where you break down, but you do go through all those stages before you finally accept it enough to be able to go, okay, that's, that is what it is and I need to be able to deal with it and, yeah, move forward. Is this difficult, talking about this now? 
Absolutely. It, I think in life everyone goes through issues where you, you know, you don't want to rehash the past, but yeah, sitting here, it actually, I mean, it is difficult to talk about, but again, it's that acceptance piece. I feel like I can now talk about it without it breaking me or me, you know, breaking down in tears over it. So yeah, yeah. Melissa Rowe is my guest on the Lake Mac Way today, and we're talking a bit about Melissa's life on the podcast today. Did you want to do this, by the way? Did you want to have this chat? Yeah, happy to have a chat with you today. No, I mean initially when they said, oh, look, uh, do you want to do this? Uh, Did you go, yeah, yeah, I'll do it? No, I didn't. I got an email from Sam, who's my EA, who said that um, they were looking for more directors to be involved. And an email got sent to um, a couple of the directors and I reluctantly said, okay, if no one else wants to do it, I'll um, I'll give it a crack. I don't know how I'll go, but I'll, I'm happy to, you know, see how I go. But then I turned up today and I had no idea we were, <laughs> we were recording. I thought it was just a chat to see if I wanted to go ahead with it, and now here we are recording, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry I didn't tell you about that. And, and obviously no one else did either. <laughs> no, no one told me anything. I just turned up for a coffee and <laughs> ended up pouring my heart out over, over a podcast. So it's been fun though. Yeah. You've got a pretty big job, haven't you? A lot of people at Lake Mac Council who you're responsible for, uh, how many is it? It's over 400. Yeah, it's around the 400 mark. I wouldn't... Um, 400 is about where it would sit on any given sort of, you know, we've got a bit of turnover at the moment, but I look after um, about five and a half teams. I've got about, I've got six direct reports, but yeah, it's, it's quite a large, it's all the internal services that support council. So big, big job, lots of stress. Lots of stress, I would imagine so. I've got enough trouble managing myself rather than 400 people. So tell me about the structure there. You've got, there's obviously team leaders, are they? And those team leaders might be managing 20 or 30 people and then they report to you. Is that how it works? So I report to Morven and then I've got uh, six managers that report to me and then they all have teams underneath them. So each manager might have up to six reports themselves and then it sort of flows down from there into coordinators and supervisors and teams and you know I've got such a good team I love my management team I love all the teams I work with so many great employees at Lake Mac that's one of the best things about working there the people but you know I think that when you move into a role this size you constantly second guess whether or not you know it's that imposter syndrome whether you're good enough and I guess my leadership style has always been that every person in my team or every person in the organization has such a huge amount of value to add that I I just need to be able to have I'm just lucky to have that support around me. So do you see your role even maybe on a subconscious level that this person who I'm managing or this person this employee that I'm responsible for has something to give that a quality they have that they can contribute I just need to find what it is that's exactly right I think that you know the more you talk to people the more you get out and about in the business the more you have conversations and that's really why I'm such an extrovert you actually understand that every single person is a cog in a huge wheel that we're trying to turn and everyone has value to add all the time you just need to tap into it Take me through a 
a normal day, if there's any such thing as a normal day, you, you get to work, you probably don't clock on, but you, you get to work, you sit down, kick over the, the computer. Where do we go next? It's funny because when I think of starting my day, I feel like I've already done a day's work before I get there with the amount of children I have. So um, my kids are pretty active, so whether it's squad training in the morning or taking my son to the gym and then exercising myself and then getting them all ready for school, you know, I'm always running late to get to the office. But once I get there, you know, and and clock on, so to speak, which I never do unless I've had a coffee, um, you know, a normal day, there's, there's lots of meetings that I have to do in my role but a normal day would be checking my emails it would be having a chat to Sam about the priorities that I've got for the day it would be working through what is on my you know what I've got outstanding to get to get back to people on a lot of my role Craig is people rely on me coming back to them with an out an answer or coming back to them with a direction so that they can then do their job so I always try every day to make sure that the things that I've got um, in the pipeline of works, um, I actually know who's waiting on me to get back to them and, and what's the priority so that I can actually get things moving. When someone comes to you with a, a problem or something that needs a decision to be made, do you ever get to a point where you go, oh, so, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't fix this, I can't answer this, I can't solve this, I'll ring Morvan? No. No, if I go to Morven, I like to go to Morven with a number of options or a solution that I've already thought of or that the, the team have thought of. So um, I would never want my team or anyone in the business to feel like they couldn't come to me for support. I don't profess to know everything. I am not perfect. But if someone came to me with a problem and I didn't know how to solve, solve it, I would either ask someone else who I thought would have an answer, someone else in the executive, or I would sit with them and go, okay, let's work through it. What are the options of solving this? And then we'd come up with some options together. So, okay, I'll just continue on that theme. So you get a tough one. Let's call it a tough one at 9am in the morning. Do you ruminate on that? Do you? Does that consume you for the rest of the day until you come up with something? I think that... um. It's funny you say that because I was just thinking about the executive. I'd probably sit there and, and, and um, either be a bit noisy or swear or breathe heavy and people would know immediately <laughs> that something wrong. So I often get Tony or David say, oh, yep, she's, uh, she's what's going on, Mel? We need to sort this out. But, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's human nature to, to, you know, ruminate and worry about things that you're unable to solve immediately. But what I try and do, and I'll try and think of a recent example, if that sort of thing happens and I'm angry immediately, I always take myself out of the situation to try and calm it down, go, okay, right, let's actually have a think about what the issue is and what we need to solve. And I always try and just put myself because I'm a doer I always try and get a strategy in place that allows me to deal with it so that I don't have to ruminate on it all day sometimes that can be detrimental because you can't solve you know Rome wasn't built in a day so it's it's about actually knowing that the things you can't solve or the things that you you know want to solve but they take time you've actually got to be able to take a step back and you know put it to the side to deal with something else so that you know you can come back to it you know when when the time's right are you an optimist? I get the feel. I, I really actually don't need to ask that question because I, I think you're an optimist. There's no doubt. That's what you are. Absolutely. I'm a huge optimist. Um, you know, I, I don't like to dwell or ever think that, you know, there's not a better way of doing something or that we can't get through it. I think that, you know, 
nothing is ever as bad as it seems and there's always going to be a way forward you've just got to find what that is even if it takes time and a million people to think about it do you worry about things absolutely I worry about a lot of things I've gone to a period where I used to worry it's probably less so now worry about being liked worry about whether I'm good enough worry about whether or not I can do my job I think that that again is it's my makeup that I certainly worry about things but yeah I think at the end of the day I think you've just got to try to put your own strategies in place to deal with those those worries so that you know if you continue to worry probably wouldn't get out of bed in the morning so I've just got to put my own strategies in place to deal with that it's an interesting one there you're an optimist born optimist you're optimistic yet you worry isn't it human nature to worry about about things I don't know I think that I don't worry about I think the things that I worry about um, aren't necessarily about whether or not we're going to get through something or whether or not you know something's going to be solved or whether or not the kids are going to you know be able to get to things on time or you know I think my optimism is what overcomes a lot of my worry the worry that I have is mainly about my own self-confidence and my own self-worth I guess well, a lot of people, me included, the, I suppose the surprising thing is there'll be people listening to this today who know you and they'll be going, gee, I didn't think Melissa was, could have those doubts because she's just so together and she's so professional and she's so confident and she's so optimistic. But I think it's, it basically illustrates that that's pretty much the same challenges for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. I think that everyone has their own issues within themselves that they they face every day. And I might come across as a confident person, but I'm definitely not as confident internally as I probably would, would seem. I think that the confidence that I probably portray daily is is a it's a it's a learnt skill that, that comes with time in the role that I in the roles that I've been in. You mentioned earlier that Lake Mac Council was a great place to work and the people are great to work there. Give me some examples. Why is that? Um, So before I came to Lake Mac, I actually applied for the role at Lake Mac because I'd heard the culture was so positive and I'd heard it was a great place to work and that Morvan was a great CEO. So I'd already heard that, you know, so far as councils go in the region that it was the the best one so um, to be able to even secure a role there when you've got imposter syndrome was an amazing um, achievement for me but when I think of now that I've been there 15 months and I know the team the people are friendly they're willing to help there's no judgment they are smart people they all have something to offer they all want to help they all want to create a great Lake Mac they all are proud or majority of them are proud to work there so it just makes it easy to go to work every day that's pretty amazing isn't it a workplace where everyone wants to be there well the vast majority want to be there want to do a good job want to contribute yeah absolutely it makes going to i mean we spend so much of our life at work i think that being able to go somewhere where you enjoy it every day is so important but look like look where we're located like we're located right on the lake, down at Spears Point, get to go out to different sites and meet different people all the time. I'm still meeting people now for the first time, given that I started in COVID, that I've never met before and I've been there 15 months. So when you've got, you know, 1,300-odd employees, it's just every day is different. You're telling me that your uh, interest in your career has been built around HR and human resources in that role. What's the definition, in your view of a toxic workplace 
people that don't want to be there, people that undermine each other, people that don't want to get in and, and help. One thing that I is a bugbear for me is when someone will say, oh, I don't do that, that's not my job. Like, you know, if you really enjoy your job, you'll be willing to do other things even if it's not within your position description. So, yeah, I think that a toxic workplace, bullying, uh, people that don't, you know, understand sometimes I think that it can be really hard for people to understand what's going on with someone else behind the scenes and expectations you know and perceptions are not there so I think that um, lack of understanding poor behavior is empathy right up the top of the tree for you as a leadership must absolutely I think that would have to be at the very top of the tree for me empathy and understanding and seeking to understand it's just so important and, and care caring for each other caring for yourself yeah so important can you see yourself working anywhere else because you've had a, a few career changes that you've told me about and here you've only been at Lake Mac Council for 16 months do you think ahead do you, do you think, well, I could be there in two years or I could be there in five years, I've got some more goals, I've got some more dreams career-wise? Yeah, I definitely have dreams career-wise. My dream, my biggest dream is to become a CEO. So, you know, I, you know, can I think of myself anywhere? I've got the local government bug and I absolutely love Lake Mac. So, um, you know, beyond five, you know, the next at least five to ten years, Lake Mac is where I see my career heading. Hopefully one day I'll be good enough to fill Morvan's shoes. <laughs> I so, don't know if she wants to hear that. <laughs> so Morvan should really begin packing up and you know clearing out her desk. <laughs> Hopefully one day she sees me as that and I can um, take on that sort of role. I would love to be able to, you know, she's an awesome CEO and I've got so much to learn from her. So hopefully one day I'll be um, able to fill those shoes. Can you imagine what her day is like because Morvan's already had a chat on this she was very reluctant as well I might add CEO at Lake Mac Council can you do you have any sort of perceptions to what Morvan's day might be like oh I see Morvan's day most days Um, when I get to see her I know how busy she is and how much she has on trying to manage a whole organization so her day is hectic every single day she is the most caring and empathetic CEO I've ever ever known so um, the people always come first and yeah I I can see how hectic her day is and how how hard she works so you know I think that yeah it's definitely a big job and she does it so well and it actually is quite scary to think of how big of a job it is but I hope one day that I can be able to do that (laughs) A final thought from you on where you are in your life and maybe where you would like to be in 18 months, is that, or are you a day-to-day, in-the-moment person? No, I'm a planner and I can definitely tell you, you know, from a a perspective of where I want to be in 18 months. In 18 months, I want to be happy, I want to be healthy, I want to be looking after my own well-being and the well-being of my family and the people around me and I want to learn as much as I can in my role from all the great people that I work with so that I can be the best director and family best director I can be but from a personal perspective I also want to be able to be you know clear-minded and I guess 
be the best wife and mum and friend and that as well. Good luck, but I think you won't need the luck. Melissa Ray, thank you for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me. It's been great. The Leak Mike We is produced by Leak Macquarie City Council.